have a truly inspiring guest um, with us, someone who has navigated the complexities of life with the unwavering faith and the rediscovery of life and love after experiencing a profound loss. Um, please help me welcome Jade Calipini. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Thank you, Jade, for uh, coming on and sharing with us. And of course, this is um, a topic that is sure to be powerful and uplifting to people. Um, talking about grief is hard, but living in it, I think, is harder. Yeah. And so being able to share that with us, our listeners, um, other people, just opening up, um, we truly appreciate it and feel honored to have yeah. you on. So, Jade, uh, let's start from the beginning, and can you start with telling us the beginning, what took you through this transformative chapter in your life? Okay, so where do I begin? So I would say that 2018 was probably one of my best years of my life, but also one of the worst years of my life. Um, I gave birth to my son, Kamani, um, and first time mom. So it was, it was awesome to have, you know, I had just gotten married and then I did the whole, what is it? The love, find, first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes the baby. baby marriage. <laughs> I, I did that. Um, um, and then nine months after that, my husband passed away. Um, and Six months after my husband passed away, my dad passed away. Yeah. So it was definitely um, confusing. Yeah. And there, when you go through grief, um, I mean, in the moments, you, you don't know who to be mad at. And yeah. you don't know. Being a first-time mom and a baby at that, I didn't understand. But I had to be a mom, yeah. too. So um, at first, my grief came from um, pausing and just ignoring it yeah. for a little bit. Yeah, I was so grateful because I had an amazing village, um, and that is who my late husband was. He was an amazing man. His name's Kevin Jante, yeah. and um, at his funeral, there were about two hundred people who came to his funeral. So. I had people where, okay, well, let me rewind a little bit. When my husband passed away, he passed away of a heart attack. Yeah. He was a healthy man. So it's confusing going from, here's my healthy person to, what do you mean he had a heart attack? Yeah. Um, yeah. The shock. The shock of it. Yeah. Um, especially because that night before, <clears throat> we had went in to go get an EKG. Yeah. His EKG read because he was complaining of pain. And I said to him, what if something happens to you? Like, what do you mean your heart is hurting? Like, what yeah. do you mean your chest is hurting? And because of who he was, and he was a very positive person, he says, you and the boys will be okay. Yeah. So um, he, um, my stepson is who he was talking about. I have a, it was my son, Kamani, and then my stepson, Brayden. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, okay, no big deal. Well, we're here. So yeah. if something is wrong, we're here. They'll but, take care of it. Yes. Yeah. Well, they didn't catch it. Yeah. And 
hours later into the next morning is when he had his heart attack and I performed CPR um, on him. And he was a jokester. So at first I didn't understand. I was like, this is not funny. Yeah, stop playing. If you're joking, stop. Yeah. He wasn't joking and immediately um, got 911 on the phone, performed CPR on him for seven minutes told my stepson to go outside so he didn't see, which he did see, yeah. so I know that that's something he'll live with forever. Yeah. Um, and the ambulance got there, and he was in a coma for seven days after that. So he couldn't hear me. He couldn't hear anybody. And then I think, like, well, did he hear me? Yeah. And I hope he did because I poured my heart out to him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I thanked him for everything that he did. Yeah. And but in me I knew he was gonna come home. Yes. Yeah. And the day after Thanksgiving of 2018, he didn't. He did not come home. And I was left with a baby. Yeah. And um so I didn't know how big of a village he even had because um everybody who he worked with at Red Rock stepped up um they were all like putting names to faces because um it was like i would hear kevin talk about oh patricia this oh you know alma this yeah. and like, all these names so finally here they are um so that was the day after thanksgiving of 2018 so here comes christmas where I, here i am going into christmas my baby never got to spend his first christmas with his dad yeah um but I had a village. Yeah. My friend Dustin, Jill, and Erica, and Shauna, and forgive me if I didn't mention anybody, um, Steffi, you know, you, everybody came and made the holiday special for um, my son yeah. and my stepson. And uh, that part, I feel like um, that's the part of grief that I want to talk about to where when you're going through um, the numb phase, yeah. and the anger phase, yeah. your people has you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they have you. Yeah. And so even if they're not there every day, and you don't hear from them every day, when they know you need them, they will be there. And yeah. so I want to personally thank everybody who was there for me at the time and who still are. Um, you know, and then when my dad passed away, these people all even came to his funeral. So here's Kevin's co-workers, his Red Rock work family, yeah. coming to my dad's funeral. Yeah, showing um, you support and love. Showing me support and love. I'm holding my baby when I needed somebody to hold my baby for me because now I'm grieving my dad. Yeah. Um, and so I'll fast forward a little bit and then talk about um, I, I stopped doing everything that I loved. Yeah. I stopped praying. Yeah. I stopped going to church. I stopped um, cooking. I didn't want to step foot in the kitchen. And uh, um, there's like all this control. Yeah. And the control came from me. Um, I, I don't want my son to ever feel without. Yes. Yes. And so that, that mommy bear in me was just like, fine, Jesus, you took my husband, fine. But yeah. my son is going to know he's loved. And I yeah. still cut, cut out all like the sadness part. Yeah. Still angry. <laughs> yeah, but you had to still be there for him. But I still had to wake up yeah. and get up for my son. Um, 
And then the coolest thing was my friend Stacy, she wasn't my friend then. She was just somebody who came and like handled like um she kind of like a uh like a life insurance no not life insurance um what do you call them i don't know the words yeah. but she comes and she like helps you navigate your finances and all that stuff well she came and she was just so so shocked at how kevin prepared everything when he was in the hospital and he said to me you and the boys will be okay yeah it's because he had everything planned out for me in case yeah in case yeah at 34 years old he had everything planned out so i don't know it was a gift he had of being organized being mature um he had his crap together that some people are still trying to figure out yes (laughs) so i had to instill that in myself yeah like okay he had a legacy he had plans for us i have to carry that and i did exactly that um, but there was still a hole yes. missing yes. in my life, and I was angry still, and I didn't want to be. Um, you had to figure out what that was, right? Yes, and I had to figure out that hole because it was lonely. Yeah. How do you go from um, laying in bed next to somebody at night, tucking the kids into now you're by yourself tucking in this baby? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, in the blink of an eye. In the blink of an eye, yeah. Um, and so I no longer wanted to be mad at God anymore. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry. No, nope. you take your time. And, um, I had to remember, um, who God is for me. Yeah. Not what he could do for me. Absolutely. And, um, sorry guys. <laughs> no, take your time. Take your time. Because this is, you know, being able to share that vulnerability with others. You know, we never know who else is going through that in this moment. You know, uh, again, grief is something that is hard to talk about, but again, even harder to live in. You know, and even though the moment was then, you still at times live in the moment of grief. Correct. And that's kind of, that was my, probably the most annoying thing I ever heard was, you're gonna move on. You're you're young. You're beautiful. You'll meet somebody, and I'm like, sure, that's okay. I am young, and it would be nice to meet somebody again. Yeah. But I'm not gonna move on. Yeah. I will move forward. Sure. Yeah. I will move forward, but grief is not something that you'll ever move on from. These are core memories of my life. Yeah. And the ugly part of it is that was me trying to revive my husband. Yeah. Because it wasn't for myself. It was because he had little boys. Yeah. It was because he had a mom, his, you know, his dad, his brother, his his family. I felt like, you know, I wanted him to come back for everybody. Yeah. And that was- Everyone needed him. Everybody needed him. That's not my control. And that's what I was so angry about. So I had to believe Again, um, who God is, yeah. not what he will do for me. Yeah. And he, true test of your faith, right? True test of my faith. It took a few, it took a year or two for me to yeah. get there. So this is like me telling a glimpse of, of what happened, fast yeah. forwarding. And um, 
I needed to surround myself around people who also had faith because I was so angry. So I needed to find friends who will pray for me. Yeah. I needed to find a different church yeah. who will pray with me. Yeah. I needed to find those people to uplift me because God puts people in our lives to help us get through those when we need him. Absolutely. And, um, and I had to remember this verse that I'll read. Um, so it's John 16, 22. So with you, now is your time to grieve, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take your joy away. So I just felt like, okay, like we have to know as humans, yeah, 100% chance we will die. Yeah, right. 100% chance. So I had to go matter of fact, okay, there is life and there is death and they took Kevin got taken away early from me. Yeah. Right. So God, if that's your plan then, yeah. Um, there's gotta be a bigger plan for me. Yeah. Since I'm still here. Yeah. And so I'm gonna instill Christ in my kids and um, I will find love again. And I felt like sure I will love harder. Yeah. Because I know it's taken away from me. Absolutely. Just like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I know like I will be a better wife for my next husband. The only, the hardest part of that is um, how do you um, respect your, your partner now? Yeah. But how do you honor your late husband at the same time? We don't want to forget him because again, he is my core memory. My first marriage. Yeah. Somebody who's at the fingertips of life and death situations. Yeah. And um, so that's probably the hardest part about finding love again is like, I want to respect this person, but I also want him to know that, yes, I loved my husband. Yeah. Yeah. But I love you too. Yeah. But, and I will love you. Yeah. Love will be different. Yeah. So for anybody out there who is like wondering, will I find love again? Sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Sure, you will, but you can't live in that darkness. Yes. You have to move forward with your grief. Yes. And pray that somebody who will accept it will find you too. Yes. Um, you know, because even with my dad, losing my dad six months after that, it was just like, man, he wanted to see his grandchildren. Yes. The first time Kamani said, I love you, like a full I love you was to my dad. Grandpa. Grandpa. <laughs> Another core memory, right? Yeah. So it's just like, here he is, like, I'm student of the month, playing soccer, and I'm like, where's my dad? Yeah. Where yeah. is my dad? So it's like the future um, of not having my dad mm-hmm. is, um, it, it, it sucks. Yeah. But he still has his grandparents, or his grandparents that are here, and I want them to enjoy him yeah. just as much. Do you find that a double loss, it's almost like a a double punch, right? Six months, you know, apart. Um, How did you find in what moment, so it's double the grief. I think you and I had spoke about this and you said it's grieving from two different directions. It's even. Right, because you have to grieve one way for your late husband, 
find a way for your father and still be able to be living where everybody else. How did you get to that point? What was that point in your faith where the light kind of opened up for you and you you were like, they want me to move forward. They want me to heal in this grief. Right. Um, Okay, so I guess for grief with both of them, it was like my dad was my past. Yeah. Me as a little girl, and he was the man in my life. Kevin was supposed to be my future. Yes. Um, and so the, I guess when I was angry about having those, and it was a double whammy for me. Yeah. Um, honestly, I ignored it yeah. the first year. <laughs> I was sad, sure, but I completely ignored it. And it wasn't until, um, so I started going to this church. I, um, at the time, it was it was called Anchor Hill. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I joined women. I put my, got out of my, like, introvertness. Yes. And I stepped into, like, a women's group and found faith in that. Well, um, I heard a song, um, More by Red Rock Worship. And it came out on the radio when I was cleaning at home. Um, and if anybody um, listens to, yeah, it's called More by Red Rock Worship. The lyrics in there was basically everything I prayed for. Yeah. Of all my questions, like, am I going to overcome this? Yeah. Am I, you know, all the questions of me trying to be in control. What it was is I needed to surrender. Yeah. I needed the shepherd to lead. Yeah. And I just needed to follow. Instead you had to of, let it out. I had to let it out. Yeah. And I remember having my late husband's last shirt, work shirt, hanging on our door. I took it off finally after this was three years now. Took it off. I fell on my knees. I had that song playing. Yeah. And I mourned him. I held his shirt. I smelled it. I cried. And I said, okay, God, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready to surrender. Yeah. Whatever you have for me. Yeah. Whatever you have for for my son, I surrender. Take the wheel. Yeah. And the moment that I did that, holy cow, like I met amazing people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I met my friend Jen, who <laughs> I knew her a long time ago when we were kids. Um, and she made a comment like <sighs> she made a comment like I could have sworn you and my brother would have been a thing one day. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's silly. (laughs) Right? Well, he ended up reaching out to me, um, and she coordinated where she was coming to town and needed, like, car seats. So she asked for some car seats. Yeah. But she had Jeremiah, Jeremiah, her brother, she had him come to my house and pick up these car seats. I had... I didn't see him in years. Yeah. So we met when we were 12. We were each other's, like, crushes. Yeah. And um, it kind of went on from there to where I um, invited them to church. So they all came to church with me, his sister, him, her husband. And uh, it was almost like he was my friend first. I prayed to God for companionship. Absolutely. And I sure got that because... Jen introduced me to somebody named Ivy, who is now one of my really good friends, and um, all these new people. 
So even Shauna is somebody I knew when I was younger, and um, we kind of knew each other when I was married to Kevin, but the moment that after he passed away, she became a core friendship in my life. And, you know, Dustin and Jill, they became like, and also my friend Mabby, like for my kids, I can leave my son with them and know that they're going to be okay. But that's hard for a single mom, you know, to have that friend. So it was exactly that. It was my faith of just letting God surrender and let people walk into my life. Yeah. That's when I just said, okay, God, it's all you. And I'll just let it be. I'll surrender and let it be. So here I am now. I have a daughter now. Yes. Jeremiah. Yes. And, um, um, you know, he works hard for the family. He, the best thing about him is um, he loves my son. Yes. Yes. And you want that, right? Because you feel almost like he was cheated, right? My son, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and not many people know, and I'm not sure if they caught it, but you and I have worked together prior. Yes. And so I have the, the pleasure of knowing your husband, your late husband, for a short time. Yes. And he was a great person, and you guys were great together. And I know that when we pray for someone, we don't pray for. We don't want someone exactly like that, right? Right. But we want someone who meshes with us like that. Did you feel prior to meeting, or when you and Jeremiah reconnected, Mm -hmm. did you know that that was the man that God had put in place for you for this part of your life? That that was the plan for when this chapter of your life, this man was the one that God knew you needed because of the way you needed to be loved after this. You want to know the funny thing is, um, when he contacted me, he said, man, I had a dream about you. Like he said, I know I haven't talked to you in years, but yeah. I had a dream about you. And I feel like God put you in my heart. Yeah. So I wanted to reach out. Yeah. Um, this is three years after Kevin. And um, I think God put me in Jeremiah's heart. Yeah. I was not open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't open. Yeah. Um, but because I knew him and his family and I had invited them for dinner and all that stuff, his sister and everything, um, it felt comfortable. Yeah. It felt comfortable. And when we started hanging out again, we went to Oregon together. I told him I was going to Oregon by myself. He said, well, I'm coming with you. <laughs> <laughs> So we went to a um, uh, this waterfall, and we were even together. Yeah, we went our own separate ways, and we both, you know, I talked to God, he talks to God, yeah. and we both had our thing. And it probably was that moment, yeah, that day in Oregon, when I thought, oh man, God, is this is this the one for yeah. me? Yeah. yeah, is he back in my life? Yeah, somebody that I was scared. When I thought, I'm going to go into this dating world again, I'm scared. Yeah. I have an amazing husband to where I don't want anybody to fill his shoes. No. But Kevin was selfless. Yeah. And he, I knew the kind of man he was, and he would want me to love again. Absolutely. But he would want somebody to also love. Come on. Right? Yeah. 
And if we're gonna cross our fingers, heck, let his son bleed in too. That's what we're gonna do. Um, and he did. Yeah. He did. He literally came in, and my when I saw how natural he was with my son, yeah. my son snuggled up in his like. It, we were at our friend at Ivy's house, and he like snuggled up in his arms. I was just like, I had to look away. Like <laughs> I've never seen Kamani with another man before. Yeah. Yeah. Not even his dad. Yeah. Because he was a little baby. Yeah. So that was my first time, and I got scared. Yeah. Scared, but I let it again. I had to remember, God, take the wheel. Yeah. Let me just let it flow. And when, when you say you were scared, what? What do you mean you were scared? Like of allowing that love back into not only your life but your son's life, or is that the fear? Or what, do you? Is it a constant fear to lose? people you love. Yes. Yeah. I was scared of a lot of things. So, and I'm still scared of a lot of things. I feel like then for talk about when him and I first reconnected, I was scared uh, to to accept love again. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't more so can I love him the same? Can he fill Kevin's shoes? No. I knew that it's different shoes. Yeah. There's no way no one's going to walk your shoes. Right. Right. Um, so it was more so of, um, scared to the vulnerability. Yeah. I was scared to be vulnerable. Open. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was scared of, um, the unknown. The unknown. Yeah. It was nice though. It yeah. like got me, my butterflies going. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and then I was scared like, okay, I met this person. Please love my son. Yeah. Love my baby. Love my baby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then now it's like now I have a sphere with anybody that I love. So yeah. if I hear somebody breathing funny, yeah, or if I hear somebody like, oh gosh, and, I, and they like touch their chest, and like I always like, are you okay? Yeah. And I hate that. Yeah. I don't want to live with is my friend gonna die? Yeah. Is Jeremiah gonna die? Is my son gonna die? Yeah. Like, I don't. I I want to seek, and that's what I mean by grief will always stay with us. Yeah. Because that core memory yeah. of giving CPR to Kevin. Yeah. Now it's like, shoot, do I have to do that again? I don't want to. You don't want to do that again. I don't want to do yeah. that again. Yeah. Um, so I guess right now, even though it's been five years since yeah. Kevin's passed away, um, that's probably my biggest struggle is is the fear of losing the people that I love. Yeah. And I don't want to have that because I have to trust in God. If I'm going to follow my faith, I have to. God's got me no matter what my trial is going to be. God has me. Yeah. And I and just have patience. Yes. Love is kind. Yes. You know? And, and and God is, he shows up just as he should. And he always delivers what we need. Even when we don't know, we needed it. Exactly. And yeah. the growth, what would you say has been a point or the pivotal moment of yourself and discovery of growth going through such a significant loss um, suddenly <coughs> from two directions and becoming a mom. Mm-hmm. Just what do you think was has been the most rediscovery thing about yourself? The lessons that you have learned about life and love from this Honestly, I don't even think I'm there yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're still traveling that road. I am still traveling that road, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I can answer that yet because I still feel like I'm maneuvering. Yeah. And that's, um, my main thing is to reach out to people, to, to let people know that grief, mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And people shy away from it. Yeah. Let's make it comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Because we need our village. We need our village. So don't shy away if you if your friend says, I miss my dad. Yeah. I miss my mom. Yeah. Um and if you say, Let me know if you need me, they're not gonna reach out. Yeah. Um you just go to the door and say, Hey, I brought you coffee today. I'm here. You don't have to let me in. Yes. I brought you coffee yeah. today. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. It's to show up, right? It's to show up. So that's would say that would be my my way of trying to maneuver is I want to help people who who are having a hard time through grief. Not saying I understand it because that's why I couldn't answer that. Yeah, because yeah. I don't understand yeah. your grief. You're still getting there. I'm still getting there. Um, I I have my days where I want to shut myself in the room and kind of just you know I think I explained to you and I saw it from I read it somewhere. Grief is like when you have a pile of glitter. Yes. You throw it up in the air, yeah, and you'll vacuum it up, clean it up, but come a year later and you lift up that rug, you're like, oh, there's still more glitter. Yeah. That's grief. Yeah. It will come out of nowhere. Those memories, those triggers. Those triggers. There those are triggers. triggers. So friends don't disappear yeah. when things are uncomfortable because you're uncomfortable about grief. Be there for them. Absolutely. Be there for them. Be there for them. Even if it's uncomfortable, both of you can be uncomfortable together. Even if we are just sitting in silence. And I know we have mentioned that before. And so I had a cousin who passed away many years ago. And uh, it was hard for me to call my aunt, right? I didn't know what to say. And I remember when I did talk to her and I said, T. Berlin, I, you know, I, I didn't know what to say, you know, when I right. called, I didn't know what to say. And she said, you didn't have to say nothing. Yep. And that is powerful, right? Because just to know that you thought of me, you don't always have to have the right words, right? Grief is fresh, yes. you know, um, and in the moment. And so sometimes all we can do is embrace, and that speaks volumes. Yes. You, you, you're so right, and I think that's kind of what, if there's people out there who's, who's in a place of how do I be there for my friend who's lost somebody, um, or what do I say to them, you don't need to say anything, because yeah. nothing you're going to say is going to be the right thing to say. Right, right, because it's fresh, yes. in the moment, you are yeah. numb as yeah. you say it. So my friend Shauna, she would come over with her baby, and she would just hang out with me. We wouldn't even need to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and then same thing with Dustin and Jill. So when he, he went on his days off, he'd just come over, sit on the couch, yeah. and just watch the kids play. Yeah. But I needed that. Yeah. You needed that. <laughs> I needed that. Those moments. Yes. Right? Those moments. Yes. And then I have like my friend Ivy who I could cry with her, I could laugh with her, we could talk about my past. But her one of her she calls Jeremiah her brother. They grew up together. So Ivy and Jeremiah, they grew up together. I could like you know, she can be that friend for me where I could vent to her if I needed to, but I could crack up with her too. Absolutely. And, and everybody needs those friends. And everybody needs those friends. So it's it's that part of grief. It's just like 
we don't have to talk about it. Yeah. Just be my friend. Yeah. Don't let us be alone. Yeah. I didn't want to be alone. Yeah. So. Because grief is not something we see. It's something we feel. Yes. Yeah. Even if they say, I'm okay. I don't know. I guess I can't speak for everybody, but they're not okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because that's our go-to our human response right our defense mechanism when we don't want to we want to say don't ask me no more you know i'm not okay yeah. you know so instead of us being blurring out those things we do think of that as well so we just say i'm okay yeah i'm okay because we are still in that denial phase as well yeah you know? yes and even when people say i'm praying for you yeah. Don't just say that. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. In that moment. Yeah. Just stop and just say, Lord, heal my friend. Yeah. Take care of my friend. Yeah. You're the Prince of Peace. Take care of them. Yeah. That's it. It doesn't need to be a long, drawn out. Right. But those words of saying, oh, we could go home saying, wow, they prayed with me today. Versus they're praying for me, maybe. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. They said they were going to pray for me. Yeah. Versus taking agree. my hand and praying for me. Yes. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So I'm sure with your with your aunt it, who who is in that past year? my cousin oh your cousin, cousin. Yes. so her her daughter yeah she had pulmonary artery disease and um so they you know and they live in another state so i think maybe also it's hard because i wasn't there yeah you know um and i think that's harder too when you grieve because we grieve from afar you almost feel like you're not entitled to grieve as much as the people who are yeah because you you weren't there and so sometimes you struggle with how you can grieve, you know? Yeah. But, but see, one of the best things, even though you don't need to be there, so, you know, send them a meal. Yeah. You know, phone, yeah. a phone call just to talk to them. Just to talk. Yeah, just to talk. Because when that first Christmas that Kamani had without his dad, uh, Red Rock, I didn't know what to do with, like, all these presents that were donated to me. So I, my friend found um, the Toys for Tots, and they had some truckloads of gifts coming to the kids. Yeah. I did not want to celebrate Christmas. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? I just lost my husband. Yeah. I don't want to do Christmas. Right, right. Red Rock, um, Kevin's Red Rock employees came, and they came and wrapped all these presents. Yeah. For me. Yeah. You, had, you, you mentally didn't go there. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't do it. They, they didn't need to talk about anything. They just came over, wrapped it. Yeah. The work for me. Yeah. And I was just like, like these are the people that this is what the work is. Yeah. Just having your village of people yeah. is gonna do it with you. And you pray for those people too. Yeah. Because one day they're the ones who are gonna you. Yeah. Because again, death is one hundred percent. We yeah. will die. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's not a maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, they say, you know, life is temporary, but death is permanent. And yeah. so um, we have to live out loud and live in the moment and tell people how much we love them and show them how much we love them. But we also have to carry that faith with us, you know, that we have to remember that everything is a blessing from God. Everything that we do, every moment, every grief, every uh, happy moment, every sad moment, those are all intertwined in our weaving purpose and of our being, right? Mm-hmm. And a part of our destiny is pre-written from earth, right? So no matter how we try to get around things or avoid it, it's already pre-written for us. So yeah. it's part of our testament. Our, our testament. Um, what lesson or what um, message 
do you have for people right now going through this? What can you give to our listeners out there who are in the moment right now of, I don't know what to do, or I don't know if I can love again. I don't know if I'll find another love, because you're not replacing a father or a mother for your child, right? Mm-hmm. You're, but you're you're adding more love, right, in mm-hmm. those places. Yeah. What message do you have for people who are struggling with that from where your experience? Well, for one, um, go to the doctor, guys. <laughs> <laughs> because Kevin was stubborn and he would not go to the doctor. My dad was stubborn and didn't want to go to the doctor. Yeah. Um, people are scared of what they're going to hear. So um, that's something I had to learn was we could blame God. God took Kevin. Yeah. Or did he just not take care of himself? Yeah. Did he not go to the doctor when he was supposed to and get all that checked, right? Um, so for one, for your loved ones, go to the doctor, go to your appointments, get checked. Something's wrong, get it checked. Um, live for your family. Yeah. Live for yourself. Live for God. Yeah. Um, and I would say for somebody who is, who already lost somebody, um, man, I don't even know other than find your village. Yeah. Find your faith. Pray. Yeah. Um, and scripture, read scripture in the Bible is, because I felt like that there was there's a lot of fluff in, in the Christian world, there's a lot of like, all the feel good yeah. the Bible's not, nothing feel good about it, there's yeah. a lot of ugly stuff in the Bible, yeah, the, the ugly truth, but read your scripture yeah. and know that God has you yeah, um, but uh, I would say if you are grieving um, keep living, just keep fighting, keep fighting for happiness because when you're gone, how do you want your loved ones to live? Do you want them to be sad? Yeah. So so the person who you lost, if it's your dad, your mom, your cousin, um, live the way you know you, they want you to live. Yeah. Which is to keep going. Yeah. You're not going to forget them. They're a core memory. Yeah. They'll be with you forever. Yeah. And I think that that's something that we, as you said, you have to remember that it's okay to move forward. You aren't forgetting them. Yeah. yeah, art forgetting. You're not moving on. Yeah. I hate that. You're you're moving moving oh, she's moving on. You're yeah. moving forward. Yeah, and you're moving with all these memories. Yeah, <laughs> too. Yeah, um, and then if that person doesn't it, to my love again, if they don't agree with it and they're jealous of it, bye. Get yeah. jealous of that person. Bye. Yeah. They're not for you then. Yeah, <laughs> not for you. You're a whole other level, right? Which right. is why I think Jeremiah. Yes, he took on a heavy load. Yeah, <laughs> took yeah. on a heavy load. Um, so I could t- continuously praise him even before driving here and say, "Baby, I love you." Because yeah, thank you for everything you've done for this family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What a what a, a great man to be able to allow you space to grieve and still love your late husband. Yeah, and still have space for you to love him. I'm sure it's hard for him yeah. on his end. Uh, men don't as openly as women do. Yeah. I'm sure it's hard for him. Um, but that's our job as the person grieving. When we, when you are ready to find love again, um, that person that is with you today, respect them. Yeah. And love them just as hard. Yeah. As yeah. the person you lost. 
Yeah. <laughs> and keep and and life is there to, to be lived, right? Yeah. Life yeah. is there to be lived. You're so deserving of it. Yeah. You could be sad and it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to be sad. It's also okay to laugh again too. When you're grieving and I remember like starting to laugh again, I'm like, shoot, I'm laughing. Is this okay? Yeah. People are gonna judge me. I'm going to Disneyland, oh people's gonna judge me. Yeah. And I said, Who cares? They're not walking my walk. Right. And when it comes time for them when they lose their core person, they will know why I'm doing the things that I did. Absolutely. And I'll be there for them even though they Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, through a new shame moment. Well, Jay, I would like to again, you know, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey, your testimony, your testament, your um, test of faith and your resilience of not just a person, but a woman, a mother, a lover, um, and showing our listeners again that there is still hope, that we're still supposed to live, navigate love through grief. Um, that, as you said, it's all a part of life. It's 100% certain that we'll all meet it. Yeah. Um, it's what we do in between. I heard something on, I don't know if it was on TikTok or Facebook, but the guy said, or it might have been a coworker, but she said, their pastor says, on your tombstone, it has your birth date and year, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's that dash. Mm -hmm. And then there's your death year. Mm -hmm. What's important is, what did you do between, between that dash? Yeah. yeah. With your life. Right. And I think it's important that we always remember that, right? That it is the that in between the beginning and the end yeah. that makes the most impact. And sometimes it's for a moment. It's for a fleeting moment. Yeah. And sometimes it's for a lifetime, it feels. Yeah. But it's up to us to embrace life, love, and faith and know that life is worth it, right? It's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Jay, thank you again for coming on and sharing your journey, sharing your story with us, yeah. uh, making this powerful and uplifting impact that I know that has reached and resonated upon listeners that needed this message tonight, needed to hear this, needed to hear from you, and they didn't know they needed it. Yes. <laughs> so thank yes. you again. And again, Las Vegas and our neighbors, I thank you for coming in and sitting down and taking a moment to sit in with us in this personal moment of heartfelt conversation. Until then, continue to live with purpose and passion.